Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody, and welcome to today's show. I'm really excited to have you guys here once again. I'm always excited for the podcast. It's been a fun ride so far. We're six episodes in. We've got many, many more planned. And today I want to talk about mail. Say what? I thought this is a post about a, uh, a podcast rather about stage lighting. What do you mean you want to talk about mail? Well, I want to talk about DMX addresses and how should you address your lights? And, and this is going to be, you know, an episode where we talk about setting addresses, where we talk about uh, fixture numbers, if your console supports that. And then we're going to go ahead and um, talk in the next episode, episode seven, about what DMX channel mode you should put your lights in. So that's kind of part of this as well, but I wanted to split it up into two episodes because that is its own topic. All right. So it's mail time. I know about, uh, you know, sometime after lunch each day, the mail truck comes to my house and it brings me the mail that goes to my address. Generally, they don't give me anybody else's mail, though that occasionally happens. Um, but in DMX, it's kind of the same thing, okay? So in the last episode, we talked about DMX. We talked about the very basics of DMX, how it works, and um, we talked about the fact that it's a broadcast protocol. So that just means that your console or whatever device is sending out DMX, it sends that DMX out, and then it says, best of luck to you, hope you get it. With DMX, there isn't really any, you know, handshake or any back and forth that says, okay, we got it, thanks, man. Um, it just either gets it or it doesn't. And so how do your lights know what to do? Okay, because we've got our console sending out DMX. So how do your lights know what to do? Well, they have a DMX address. And this is where you set up your console and your lights to match. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, we need to tell the lights what channel they're assigned to, where, where their channels are in the DMX universe. And then on the other side, we need to tell the console where the light is. And when we put those two things together, lights work. All right. And so how do we do this? Well, I'm going to go through a couple scenarios here. The first is, um, if you're using a basic console, you know, like a console that only has faders on it, okay? It might have two pages of faders, but it doesn't have a software front end or anything like that. You know, just a basic, you know, maybe a two-scene fader-based console. Um, these used to be much more popular. They're not as popular as they used to be, but let's say you've got one of those. Then fader one is always DMX channel one, and say you've got 48 faders, or maybe 24. Let's say 24. Then the 24th fader is DMX channel 24. And then you'd probably put some console tape on there and say, okay, you know, first I've got my front light. I've got, you know, five dimmers. So I go, you know, or eight dimmers. So one through eight are my, you know, pars, my, my dimmers, okay? So I label those above each channel, one through eight dimmers. And those faders are going to control intensity. Then I go to my dimmers and I set, say I've got two four-channel dimmers. I set the first one to DMX address one, and then it uses channels two, three, and four. Then I can go ahead and set, so it uses one, two, three, and four, and then for its four channels, and then I can set the second dimmer pack either the same, if I want the lights to just be mirrored, so I just, you know, both 
both lights numbered one come on at the same time, both lights number two always come on at the same time, three or four, or I set it to DMX channel five, the next open DMX channel, and I run them as separate control. So I get one through eight on my console are those dimmers. Then you would go ahead, you know, maybe bring in your LEDs next or whatever fixtures you've got and, you know, say, okay, the next one starts at five and it's three channels. So five, six, seven, then eight would be the next light and on and on. And this works and it's how I first learned to do things and it's how, you know, these basic consoles work. But as you get into, you know, having lots of lights, maybe having moving lights, etc. This method is really slow and controlling your lights just via faders probably isn't going to be what you want to do anymore. So what we do with the next step of consoles is these hardware based consoles. And I don't generally recommend them, but like the Chave Obey series and the American DJ's got it. I forget what it's called exactly. Um, but if you look Chave Obey, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about where you've got, you know, eight, 10, you know, six, maybe predefined fixtures in there. You can click that fixture button and then adjust that fixtures parameters on your faders. And so in a console like that, it says, okay, you know, let's take the Obey 40, for example. I know that the fixtures are 16 apart. So there's one fixture at channel one, fixture two is at channel 17, uh, fixture three is at, you know, 33, and on and on and on. I'm not gonna do all the math in my head because I don't feel like it. Now, you know, in that case, you're just gonna leave empty channels in between fixtures and that's totally fine. Now let's talk about a more advanced console. Now these are things, these are the software-based consoles or standalone, more professional style consoles, etc., where you're gonna go in to what's called a patch screen and you're going to assign your fixtures in that patch screen and then the console's gonna lay them out basically and tell you where the DMX address goes. And so you may go ahead and you'll go and you'll say, okay, you know, I want um, I want 10 LED PARs that are three channels each, and I want them to start at channel one, okay? And so the console is, okay, 10 times three is 30 channels. So I start at one, and then I've got one at four, and then I've got one at seven, and it all ends at 30. Then you say to the console, okay, now I'm going to get some moving lights. Say they're 14 channel Macoras, and I've got 10 of those. I'm saying 10 because it makes the bath easy. So I've got 10 of those. And I go ahead and I take those Mac Auras and I patch them ahead at 31 because I, I, there's no need to skip space when you're in a console that has what we call fixture numbers. We'll get to that in a second. And then you just keep patching all your lights until either you run out of room on that DMX universe and you need to move to a second one or you're done, all right? And so in the case where you need a second universe, you need to decide, okay, how do I split up my lighting so it's easy to wire? Because essentially different DMX universes, and we'll talk about this in the, the next um, episode or rather episode eight, where we talk about wiring DMX, you know, you just universes stay separate DMX wiring wise. So, you know, wire it in the way that's easiest and simplest for you. And so we patch all our fixtures in our console. And then how do we control? Well, the next thing you're going to do is the console is going to generally be able to assign a fixture number. 
And this is how you're going to refer to the fixture when you're typing on the console or selecting things via a touchscreen. And you're going to say, okay, you know, how do I do this? Well, by default, your console is probably going to give your fixtures numbers, fixture numbers, or maybe you'll do it while you're patching, depends on the console. And you, it's going to set them, you know, say we've just patched 20 fixtures. It's going to patch them as one through 20, right? And you know, this is cool and this is good and everything, but the problem with it is that you're going to be trying to remember, okay, you know, my third LED fixture, well, it's on my second truss and count, count, count. Let's see, well, LEDs start at, at, uh, at 11 and then my third one on my second truss. Well, that's uh 17, you know, and, and you got it. And that's a lot of thought and we can make it a whole lot simpler. So what I want you to do, and I've got a post on learn stage lighting about this is if you're patching a show, especially for the first time, you want to be smart about how you set up your fixture numbers. So how are we going to do that? Well, we're just going to go ahead and, you know, I like to go ahead and start each type of fixture at a different hundred level. So how this works is I like to generally start my front lights, um, which are generally dimmers or some kind of LED fixture at one. Okay. And I'd make that one through whatever the first fixture Then I like to go ahead and next, and I learned this uh, from a mentor of mine, I want to just go ahead and at 101 set my moving, my main moving light. Okay. Whatever that is, usually a moving light spot fixture, whatever my main go-to moving light is, they're going to start at 101 and say, I've got 20 of those. It's going to be 101 through 120. And then I'm going to go ahead and do 201. Say that's my moving uh, wash fixture. And I, I did do that at 201 through, you know, 208. And then I've got a bunch of LEDs. And so I could start those guys over at, um, you know, I like to start them at 401 personally. So they're always in the same place and it's consistent from show to show. But you can choose whatever number you want. And I set those guys at 401 and uh, then they're off to the races at, you know, 401 through, you know, 496 or however many LEDs there are. There might be 10, there might be five, there might be two, whatever. But the point is you start your fixture numbers and you set up the addresses, the fixture numbers rather, in a way that's memorable to you so that when you're in the console, when you're programming, maybe even during a show, you say, I want to grab a hold of that fixture that you see with your eyes and you know, okay, that's my 10th fixture. And uh, you don't have to follow my method exactly. Like I was talking to somebody the other day, hey, they went ahead and they did it by truss. So their front truss was, you know, 101 through 110, all the fixtures across. The next truss was the 201s. The next truss was the 301s. I've seen people do in a similar fashion, you know, kind of hybrid the two where, you know, 101, say 101 through 110 were the moving light spots on the first truss. Then they started, or let's say 101 through 108. Then they started at 111 for the second truss and went through, you know, 118. And then on the third truss, they, you know, started at 120 through 129, etc. The point is not that you follow my method exactly, but the point is that if you're using a console that has fixture numbers, don't just go with the default, okay? The console does that. It's nice and it's cute and it helps. But at the end of the day, that's not going to help you program faster. It's not going to help you be able to look at the stage and choose the lights you want really quickly.
because you know how you numbered it. And, and you went with something that makes sense and is orderly. Okay, so that's really all that matters um, there as well. And so guys, um, that's really all I got on this specific topic. Um, a little bit of a shorter episode, but that's totally cool. So we're going to jump into the mailbag here in a second. But before we do that, just wanted to remind you guys uh, that show notes for this episode, any links I talked about, etc., are at learnstagelighting.com slash zero zero six. Now let's dive into our mailbag. All right, welcome to today's mailbag. Of course, this is the portion of the show where I open up emails that people have sent me and um, reply to them as I read it. And so John Marsh wrote in and said, he currently uses the Mega Systems Enlighten and Control uh, uh, Enlighten Control software and Wing. Um, would I consider that a low or a middle ground software? And he wants to upgrade to a better system. Um, he wants to use ArtNet for output um, and wants to do some pixel mapping for Christmas, considering DeepPro, LightKey, and Madrix. Uh, so, John, um, there's a lot going on here, and so I want to kind of talk through what's happening. Um, I see, okay, I see in my system, uh, you've signed up under church lighting. And so that is super duper important. Um, as I just kind of look through, through your eyes, through your lens, through your perspective here. Um, and so I'll, I'll go through this in order. First thing is a uh, mega systems in light. So as I've mentioned, uh, probably many times on this, this show and, uh, on, um, articles that I've written, um, consoles are. An interesting thing so there's a lot of consoles out there there's low middle and, and high-end ones and and so many things all over the place and you know i would consider enlighten to be you know a low to mid-range software like you said however if that's what you need and if that's what's right for you and the volunteers um perhaps that run um your services at your church if you're at a church um it looks like you are then it's the right thing. It doesn't matter if it's a simple software. If it does what you need for your church, then that's great. You know, there's there's no need to go higher end than that. In fact, when we talk about the high end, excuse me, I had to edit out a quick uh, sneeze there. But when we when we uh, talk about the high end, you know, we're talking about professional level uh, pieces of software or consoles. You know, like uh, Martin's MPC, Grand MA, High End's Hog. Um, and, you know, while those are right for some people, if all you need is a, a basic level or even a middle ground console, then you don't want to use those professional consoles. But here's what I'm seeing is I'm seeing you're saying, okay, you know, you want to upgrade to a better system. So the first thing uh, for you to define, which is a little more that I can go through in, in this question here, is um, what's better? Like, what don't you like about your current system? Do you not have enough faders? Is there something that's really difficult to do? Um, like I said, I'm, I'm familiar with Enlighten, but I haven't used it. Because um, especially at the, the entry level and uh, middle ground consoles that we have in our industry, there's a lot there. There's so many consoles and pieces of software. Some of it's complete junk. Some of A lot of it's decent. Some of it is excellent. And so what I like to do is I try to learn about as many as of them as I can. I have a few that are solid, good picks that work really well that I often recommend. Um, and so, you know, I'm not super familiar with it, but I've, I've looked over it here. And, and so you got to figure out, like I said, um, 
you know, what does Enlighten not do well? What frustrates you about it? And then work to find a solution that fixes that problem. Um, so you want to be able to send out uh, DMX over Ethernet. And again, a lot of softwares can do that. And then you're saying that you're considering DPro, Lightkey, and Madrix. And so what this tells me is you're probably a Mac user. Um, so a lot of the console softwares, a lot of the, the uh, waiting console softwares out there that you run on a, a computer are based on the PC. And there's a lot less happening on the Mac. And while I've talked to developers and stuff, and I understand all the reasons for it, you know, a lot of church people use Mac, use Macs, and that frustrates them. With that said, PCs aren't evil, and so um, I definitely consider those as well. Um, DPro, your first one there, great piece of software from Entech, is what I like to call an intermediate level console, just for a quick overview. It is not a simple console, but you can learn it pretty quick and do some fairly advanced looking things. However, if you come from a professional console background or you're trying to do some, some really advanced programming, um, DPro may not be your best fit. For a lot of churches and people that are just looking for, you know, more than the basic console, but they want something that's that's fairly simple to use and can do a lot, DPro is like the perfect piece of software. Um, Lightkey's one that um, I'm familiar with as well, and it's one I'm watching closely. Um, I'm not really recommending it yet, um, though it does seem like a, a good piece of software um, because it hasn't been around for that long, and I always want to see what the track record is of these pieces of software because you know i've seen pieces of software that come out they look amazing they look great and then they disappear in the next day um you know you know a year or two later they're you've bought this software and then they're not updating it and it's buggy and it doesn't work right and it's slow to use etc um of course, I really like touch screens, and so Macs aren't going to have built-in touch screens. Um, so that's something you'll want to consider um, because a touch screen can really speed up your programming. Um, but like he, you know, it looks like a good piece of software, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with it and say that it's not. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with it myself. Um, I you know, but you know, it looks like a good piece of software. So if it if it seems to fit your needs, definitely um, check it out. Now. Lightkey is more on the, the size of, uh, it's more a program like um, DPro, whereas Madrex is purely a media server program. So what does that mean? Well, a media server is what is the program that you use when you're trying to do pixel mapping. Some consoles, a few, have pixel mapping built into them. For example, if you're looking for some basic pixel mapping, you know, Chavez Show Express has it built in. Um, but a media server is what we use in the, the pro world when we have, you know, extensive pixel mapping and we trigger a pixel mapper like Madrix often from our lighting console. So they run as two separate things. So you often run a lighting console and then you have someone either manually triggering or the lighting console by DMX is triggering your media server, which then lays out your LEDs and maps all those pixels and plays back the content. And the reason for this is that, you know, a lot of lighting consoles um, under the hood, the computer, it's not a super fast computer because running lights honestly doesn't take that much computer power. It just doesn't compared to running video, which uses a lot of resources and, and video cards and all that. 
Um, and so the media server's separate in most consoles, in most, in a lot of situations. Um, but if you're just doing something simple, you may want to look at something like, you know, um, Show Express or um, Ntex Elm, which is a media server like Madrix, but it's built for LED tapes as well. And so I'll link to all that stuff in the show notes, um, John, as well. Um, so to help you figure it out, I'm also going to link to a post on uh, finding your first lighting console. Um, not that this is your first, but you're looking for your next, and this article will really help you there as well. So in conclusion, John, I know I've said a lot there, and I hope it wasn't too confusing, but, you know, um, choosing a console is complex, but it's also really Im important. And so be sure to check out those posts for more information and so you can find the best lighting console for your needs. All right, folks, that wraps up this episode. It's been great talking to you today. Once again, show notes are at learnstagelighting.com slash 006, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. Be sure to visit us at LearnStageLighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks.